Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. privilege. His word is the foundation of our heart and our lives, and indeed, that's what I'd like to talk to you about this evening. I want to take my text from the book of Isaiah, chapter 28, and verse number 16. It's here the scripture says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. I want to speak this evening for just a few moments about a sure foundation. The scripture here mentions a tried stone, a precious stone, and a sure foundation. Then we read the final seven words that says, He that believeth shall not make haste. Another way to say that is he that believeth shall not panic or fear. There is little question in anyone's mind that we are living in a very unique hour for the church. Our lives have been indelibly marked with a feeling and a season of uncertainty. Local, state, national, and even world leaders are searching for answers. I'm not here to try to downplay the seriousness of this hour, but I do feel a tremendous mandate upon my life to remind all of us that God is in control. At the risk of sounding somewhat trite, I want to underline the fact that I am thankful for the church. The church represents everything to me. It's all I have ever known. When I speak of the church, of course, I'm not just speaking about a brick and a mortar building, but I'm talking about the power and the anointing that is associated with the church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11, the Bible says, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the church and the church triumphant. The church that I'm talking about has never been an anemic body of people. The church that I'm talking about is not a group of people that are groping their way through the, through the darkness of uncertainty, but I'm talking about a victorious church that's built on a sure and solid foundation. There's an old song that was sang often when I was a young man. The chorus of this, of this song says, it's the old ship of Zion. It's hope for the lost and the dying. It's a soul-saving station, the tower of salvation. It's the church triumphant, O Lord, and it's built by the hand of the Lord. I'm thankful for the church. While I cannot predict the future, there is one thing that I can admonish everyone to do, and that is stay with the church. In the, in the 27th chapter of the book of Acts, we find a, fam a very familiar story. We find Paul and several others in the midst of an uncertain season. They were in a literal storm. Acts 27 and 23, the Bible says this, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, 
whose I am and whom I serve. Saying, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. It's easy uh, sometimes to pull a passage from a chapter and truly miss the magnitude of what's going on at this particular moment. You who are familiar with the 27th chapter of Acts would certainly understand the setting. The preceding verses tell a very important and intricate story. The Bible talks about the ship being caught and could not bear up into the wind. They had to undergird, or we might say strap it together. They had to pull the boat or the ship together to keep it from tearing apart. They were exceedingly tossed in the storm, the scripture says, and they had to lighten the ship. The third day, the Bible says they cast out the tackling of the ship and they saw neither sun nor stars for many days. All hope of being saved was quickly diminishing. I mention this because it's very important for us to understand something here. These words that Paul talks about, an angel standing by him, and there would be no loss of life. These words didn't come from a lofty platform or a setting where everything was normal or everything was okay. Paul preached this message of hope right in the midst of a storm. With salt water burning his eyes and fear stri striving to stifle his faith, Paul simply said, no matter what you're feeling right now, stay with the ship. And I would just reiterate that this evening, that no matter what we may feel in our heart and lives in this hour, we need to stay with the word of God. The church, that's the safest place we can be right now. I don't want anything to stand between me and the promises that I find in God's word. It doesn't really matter who's preaching. It doesn't really matter who's singing. It doesn't really matter what day it is. When we step into the presence of the Lord, all of our fears can vanish away because we have stepped in and onto that sure foundation that Isaiah has written to us about. You see, the foundation, that's everything. If the foundation is sure, then what we build can be sure. Uh, uh, the value of a firm foundation was never made more clear to me than it was several years ago. It was in the early 80s, a 12-story condominium was being built in the city of Winter Haven, Florida. Just before the tenants uh, took occupancy, some, several, some serious issues with the foundations and some of the support columns were discovered by engineers. The end result was found in the fact that the building, sadly, even though it was complete, was going to have to be torn down. This incident made headline news across our state and around our nation. On one fateful day, hundreds of people gathered to, uh, together to watch the demolition team drop this tower back in her tracks. Millions of dollars and countless hopes and dreams were shattered in the mistake of the, of the dust as it went rising up in the air, the mistake to not make sure that the foundation was right. If the world can understand the value of a right foundation, then I ask you this evening, how much more should the church understand this principle? We can't just focus on various ministries of the church and place all of our hope and confidence there without making sure that we tend to the weightier matters, 
We must look into the heart of the issue and make sure that the foundation is right. You see, life comes at us fast and often it comes at us furious. And it will matter very little what we think we're made of, but what's going to matter in the end is what we're really made of. We must build the church strong from within. Therefore, I have to go to work on me. If I'm going to be the husband and the father and the pastor that I need to be, then I'm going to have to lock the door behind me of a personal prayer closet, and I'm just going to have to talk to the Lord about me. There's a danger in getting the old man dressed up and acceptable before people and then leaving out the most important part. Jesus directly deals with this. And in Matthew chapter 23, he told them while they had tended to some things, they had left out the weightier matters. He said, you may clean the outside of the cup, but inside you're full of extortion and excess. And then Jesus made this admonition. He said, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter and the outside of them, that the outside of them may be clean also. I'm thankful to be a part of a church that is built on a firm foundation. It's the firm foundation of the apostles and the prophets. I know that I'm standing in a church that is apostolic from center to circumference. However, in order to have something to pass to another generation, I must pay careful attention to the foundation. Yes, I am thankful for the message of Acts 2.38. I am thankful for the promise that I can repent of my sins and my sins would be forgiven. I'm thankful for the promise that I can be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins and those sins would be removed. I'm thankful for the promise of the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm ever thankful for that. But I don't want to just stop in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. I want to also live with Acts chapter 2 and verse 39, serving as a constant mandate because it's in this next verse we find that the promise is unto you and to your children. The promise begins with me. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. In verse number 6, the scripture says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. And then according to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 7 through 9, I must commit that word. We must commit that word to the next generation. And then he instructs us how we do that. He said, talk of that when you sit in the house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. But then Simon Peter, then Simon Peter mentioned another group of people in verse number 39. He said, and to all that are afar off, there are those that have yet to walk through the doors of this church or of your church. Amen. There are those that have yet to find salvation. There are those that are yet to find an altar of repentance. But can I tell you, they are on their way. That's why we must be intentional about keeping the foundation of the church in place. Because I want the next generation and those that are afar off I want them to have the same experience that I had when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If that is to be true, and if we are to guarantee that promise to another generation, then we must have pulpits that are unfettered 
And we must have preachers that will preach without fear and favor. We need fathers and mothers that will cover their homes with prayer and fasting. It's that kind of living that has placed us where we are today. We are not here arbitrarily. It is not a wayward wind that has brought us to where we are in this 21st century, but it is careful, considerate, and intentional steps of those that have gone on before us that have helped us to be where we are today. The church that I am speaking about and the church that we are privileged to be a part of is a church that is destined to stand even though the winds may blow adversely. It was designed to be a fortress that would be hope to the masses. It was designed to be a lighthouse for those that were seeking direction in their lives. The church that I'm preaching about this evening, if this church is going to continue to the next generation, then we have to make sure and certain that we don't move the benchmark, that foundation. I'm reaching to everyone that I possibly can this evening and I'll tell you to stand to the church body, to family members, to mothers and fathers, and to young people. I implore you to stand by the God-given power of the Holy Ghost in your life. We can open our mouths and our mind and declare His Word no matter where we are. We don't have to be in a, in a church setting. We don't have to be behind the pulpit. We do not have to have a choir backing up what we're singing but we can stand upon the foundation, the true and sure foundation of God's word. And so I say, let's stand. To the ministry, I say, preach without fear and favor. And let's, let's invest ourselves in the word of God and trust on its, unwavering, on its unwavering ways. To the saints, I say, to stand with your pastor and help him or her protect the gospel that has brought us to where we are today. Help to build and ensure a sure foundation. We must have that foundation. If another generation is going to be able to inquire what meaneth these stones, then we need to be able to tell them exactly the story that brought us to where we are. I'm thankful for a rich history, and I'm certainly thankful to be a multi-generational apostolic. I'm thankful for my heritage and I try to say that very often, not just to others, but I try to say that to the Lord as often as I possibly can. I'm thankful for the revelation that was given to my forefathers, and I'm thankful for a home to be raised in where prayer was a welcomed attribute, where the Word of God was always the center of everything we did, the foundation, the foundation that brings us where we are today. We have to have something to anchor us and to hold us. So we must invest ourselves in the right world. I don't want to invest myself in something that's going to fade. I don't want to invest myself in something that's going to perish, but I want to invest myself in that that will be here when this earth has passed, that that is built upon the solid core of God's word. I've got to invest myself in the right world. The Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away but the word, that's going to be true and sure, and it'll never pass away. I, like you, started this race with the finish line in mind. I didn't just want to start, but I want to finish this race. I truly want to make heaven my home. 
And I want to understand the value of taking someone with me. As a matter of fact, taking everyone with me that I possibly can. God has given each and every one of us uh, a realm of influence or a sphere of influence. We have those people in our lives that we deal with on a daily basis. Perhaps family members that don't attend church or have never been filled with the Holy Ghost. I ask you today to put the trumpet of truth to your lips and sound the trumpet as loud as you possibly can. The Bible said, if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare themselves to the battle? And I would tell you today that we have a tremendous responsibility that's before us. We have a wonderful opportunity before us, but never in all of the history of man have we ever been more ready. We have more tools available. We have more material available today in this hour to be able to share this gospel than at any other time. And I'm thankful today to be able to take advantage of those tools to bring the word of God into the heart and the homes of men and women who desperately need not only to be reminded, but perhaps to hear it for the first time. On May the 15th, 2015, I received a letter from a man that was raised in church. He had been away from God for many years. And if I could be bold enough to say, he was just about as far away from God as a man can get. In his letter, he began to talk about how in his observation, so many had fallen away from preaching the truth, the absolute truth of God's word. It was through bitterness and of tears and, and the sorrow in his heart that he penned the words of how sad he was to see people that he had confidence drifting away from the word of God. He wasn't belittling them and, and, and you can only trust me to say that he wasn't even judging them. It was just an outside observation of a man looking in. As a matter of fact, he spoke with great heartache about their decision to walk away from what he felt and what you and I would feel like are the absolute truths of God's word. He included the following lines in his letter and I want to share them with you and I want to quote them if I may. I, he said, I suppose what I'm looking for today is just some reassurance that you are not going to stop preaching what you've always preached. You are probably wondering why this could possibly matter to me because I am as far away from God as a man could ever be. I know what I have always, that I've always lived a wild and I've always lived wrong, but I would hate to think that the church that I was raised in would not be there when I get ready to come back home. I read that letter and I stood and, and paused as I considered the words of a man who, who in some strange way understood the value of a sure foundation. And he was just hoping that should time tarry and God's mercy be as true and sure as it should be and ought to be for him, that when he got ready to return, that when he got there, the church would be just what it was when he walked away. I wonder how many others out there are counting on us to hold true to the gospel. I wonder how many others are viewing the same thing, wondering the same thing, and would have the same request. They just haven't picked up a pen and put it on paper. Or perhaps they haven't written it down and conveyed that to anyone else. 
but in their heart, they are depending on us to stand true and to hold on to the precious truths of God's word. I'm thankful for a sure foundation. I'm thankful that when, uh, whenever I need to find an answer, I know where to turn. I'm thankful that I know that God is not just God when at noonday, but he is God in the midnight hour. I heard a man years ago stand and say something that perhaps you've heard this or some variation of it, but he stood with great conviction and he said, never forget in the midnight hour what God has promised us in the sunlight of his love. And so I want to close with these words today. I want to remind you that we are going to stand upon the true foundation of God's word. And I am not going to forget in a midnight hour what God has promised me in the sunlight of his love. I pray his blessings and his anointing upon your life and your family today and ask God to be our strength. I'm thankful to be a part of the church, not the church anemic, but the church triumphant in Jesus' name. Lord, I love you today and I thank you for the wonderful privilege you've given us again to be a part, Lord, of the body of Christ. I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful for the local church, but I'm thankful for the body of Christ that reaches around the globe and I'm honored to be a part of that. I ask you to touch us and strengthen us today as we stand and get a more, even, an even more firm grip upon the truths of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and I trust that you have a wonderful week. In Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.